I want to talk with you about something that I believe is applicable to your life in today. I believe it's something that you need to consider, you need to think about, you need to pray about, because it affects you personally. As a student here at Elam Bible Institute and College, and it affects your life. It's out of 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 3 through 15, and there's at the bottom, it's kind of light, but there it is. Uh, if you have your device, hold your, it used to be, you remember you used to hold your Bibles up? Hold your Bible up. Hold your device up or hold your Bible up, okay? One or the other. There you go. So if you got a Bible, even though it may seem archaic to some people, the Bible still is around. It's leather, it's onion skin paper, got some words on it, and it's got an anointing to it as well. If you're not, just hold your device, and I want you to look up 1 Samuel chapter 28, 1 Samuel 28, verses 3 through 15, possibly at least 14. I'm going to talk with you about uh, five words, and they're going to be interwoven in this particular message, and those five words are fear, darkness, deception, desperation, and overcoming. I'm going to weave those words throughout this, this particular uh, message teaching. So um, it's a little different, so I want you to hold on. Grasp whatever you can grasp. It's not, maybe not all for you, but whatever you grasp, I want you to lay a hold of it, okay? And let it be birthed in your heart. Look at, uh, let's pray first. Father, in Jesus' name, please bless your word. Father, bring it to us, make it alive. Do it, Lord, in us. Do something supernatural. Stir the hearts of these young men and women who have been chosen to take your word within this country and the globe and share it that your power and your redemption would come forth like a fountain. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at verse 3. It says, Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed the mediums and the spiritists from the land. So these are these conjuring witches and brewers and bringing up dead and conjuring spirits and using crystals and anything else they had. He had removed them because he had had a visitation from God. You know, when you have a visitation from God, you're not the same. How many can say amen? And if you are the same, something's wrong. It's, you're not perfect. You're going to have issues. But there's something brewing within you that makes a difference in your life. And so he had said, none of them. You can't do anything. You're not in business anymore. Stop it. We'll have none of them. This is Saul. So in verse 4 it says, the Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem. While Saul gathered all of Israel and set up camp in Galboa. So there's a, there's a battle going on here. It's between the Philistines and Israel. It's not the first time they fought. And, uh, and so they're battling, and, and Israel does not have the high ground. So the war, the battle, rather, is not going well for Israel at all. Saul's, now, he's, he, things are going crazy in his head. And he's reaching out for something that is not going to be something that God had given him in the beginning. And I want you to notice in verse 5, all of a sudden, something changes in Saul. Follow me here. It changes within him. And it says, 
when Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid and terror filled his heart. All of a sudden, things are good with God. He's got some victories. Things are going on. You know, he wasn't maybe God's choice, but nonetheless, he gave it to him, and, 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 he had, and God had given him the Spirit of the Lord, and so he had seen many, many different victories. But all of a sudden now, he's fearful, and, and, and terror has filled his heart. Fear has gripped Saul's heart. He's lost his trust in God. You might say, wow, the guy was, no, he, he had some pretty magnificent uh, victories. He did, but he's losing his trust in God. All of a sudden, Saul now is seeking out some lying voices. And I want you to know, if you don't know it by now, not only is the power of God and the Spirit of God and the person of Jesus is in this world, so is the power of darkness. I'm not here to scare you. Boom. <laughs> but I am here to tell you, that the power of darkness is in this world as well. And this is the thing that we need to fight against, and this is the power that we can fight against. And so he's listening to these, uh, these, these lying voices, and, and, uh, and he's going, you know, it isn't going to work out with me. Uh, things, are, things are wrong. I, I'm not waiting on God anymore. I mean, I love God, and God, I just wish you would be a little more timely. Have you ever had that problem, huh? God, I just, I want you to do this thing, but I, God, could you do it quickly? I mean, this little thing between he and her and, uh, and, and them, and uh, it's just not happening the way I love Could you just do it quickly? I mean, if you would do it quickly, I would feel better. And if I feel better, I would be able to love you more and preach better. You're not in control. He is. He loves you that much. Verse 6, he inquired Saul of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him. By dream, or Urim, or prophet. A Urim is, is, a, is a square breastplate that the priests wore on their chest, and it had 12 precious stones on it, and they represented the 12 nations and tribes, rather, of Israel. And it was set in a frame of gold, and uh, God often would reveal and, and, and tell his will to some of the people of Israel through the breastplate. Sometimes they, the, 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 uh, the stones would even light up. So this was a godly thing. But he wasn't speaking to him in any way, shape, or form. Now. He had, he's not now. There's a reason for it. Verses 7 and 8. Saul then said to his attendant, Find me a woman who is a medium. Uh-oh. Didn't you just say that you kicked them out? They can't practice their business anymore? What are you going back to the medium for? You just said they're no longer able to practice their evil. He's saying, find me a woman who is a medium so that I can go and inquire of her. Saul's becoming desperate. I'm sure there's no one in this room, because you're too young, that have ever been desperate. God, I love you, I love you, I love you, but, but you're just not moving in a way that I think you, you should, uh, at least the way that I feel you should, and, and somehow, God, I don't know. I mean, where do I go to what I do? He's desperate. And then they said, there's a woman in envy. That even sounds even like there's a woman in envy. <laughs> sounds like a video game. Saul disguised himself 
putting on other clothes. And at night, he and two men went to the woman. He said, consult the spirit for me. This dude has fallen apart now. He was a God man. And all of a sudden, consult the spirit? You might think, well, I ain't consulting no spirit. Not me. Don't get on me, Dr. Ray. I don't do that. Ah, no, you're not going to go out and have some woman conjure up some stuff. But just hold on. Just hold on. All right? And uh, consult the spirit and bring up for me the one that I name, Saul said. So verse 9. But the woman said to him, surely you know what Saul has done. She doesn't even know who he is because he disguised himself, right? Surely you've known what Saul has done. He's cut off all the mediums and the spiritists and all of us weird witches from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Are you crazy? Saul had my head for this. See, Saul, he's disguised. He's just disguising himself. And the woman didn't recognize who he was. And she and uh, she wasn't supposed to be doing these conjuring crazy things, which things anyway, of mediums and conjuring up. He wasn't supposed to be doing it. Here she's got Saul in her very midst, and she doesn't even know it. Verse 10, Saul swore to her by the Lord. Now he's swearing. I swear to you by the Lord. That should be the first thing. She's going, you know, he's swearing to me by the Lord. And, of course, she's going, ah, the Lord and me ain't in really good cahoots right now. I do some other stuff. You're swearing to me by the Lord? Swearing to me, are you? As surely as the Lord, li- surely as the Lord lives, <laughs> you will not be punished for this wretched, nasty, devilish thing that you're about to do. Is that crazy or what? Surely, by the Lord, you will not be punished for this evil, wicked thing. He doesn't say that, but that's what he means. Because I'm desperate here, and I need something. And God isn't coming to my rescue quick enough. Saul was making a deal with the devil, young men and women. And I'm not sure he really understood the magnitude of what he was doing. Stay with me here. There's a word here for some of you. He didn't even really understand the depth of what he was getting into. He didn't understand to the extent the evil powers of the enemy that exist in this world. Have you ever sought um, out a source or maybe sought out a thing out of, it could be out of fear, it could be out of sadness, it could be out of confusion, it could be out of desperation, feeling somehow that God wasn't coming and answering you quick enough. The way that actually you wish he would answer you. Come on, let's be honest. God, I'm praying for this certain thing, and I'm believing you for this certain thing. And Lord, I'm looking for your will. And sometimes that is true. I mean, you don't don't have an agenda, and you don't really know. I'm looking for your will, and uh, and what I'm asking God is that uh, if I could be honest, because you know my thoughts and everything, I'd like for you to... Answer my prayer just the way I'd like, when I'd like, so you can give me the thing I feel I need. Because I know some stuff, God. So could you give it to me? You've never had that, have you? 
pray, oh, God, please. You're not saying it. Oh, God, please, I'm praying. Please give me what I want. But inside you're going, oh, I hope it works out this way. I hope he's the one. I hope she's the one. I hope, I hope this thing will happen. I, 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 want, I need to go to this country and that country. I need to do this thing and that thing. But, or I need this or that or I'm in a bad way and all of a sudden I'm finding I'm just, just wondering where you're at in my life. Maybe it could be an unbeliever. Maybe it's like I go back to an unbeliever, not that they're really bad, but I used to hang out with them, and it's good. I'm wondering what they're doing. It's just kind of a time in my life, and I'm just wanting to maybe come a, kind of maybe connect with some things, not really ungodly things, but I remember some of the good times that I had there, maybe a former agreeable voice. How many know if you're looking for the, if you're, you're praying and asking God for something, and you're wanting him to give you a specific thing, or you want, you're looking for what is his will, have you ever just got a hold of somebody? If you keep asking, I found this out in therapy. Well, I'm not sure that I agree with that part of that uh, counsel, Dr. A, but, you know, you know, I'll, I'll pray about it. And then they'll seek out counsel, and they'll keep seeking out counsel until they get what it is that they want. You'll just, you, if you keep looking at it, you'll get it. It doesn't mean it's God. It's what you want. Is that not something that is not of God? Hold on. Maybe seeking a different approach to God's Word, trying to get around something, not, not meaning, not overtly looking at it, but trying to get around that, that uh, somehow brought you comfort, maybe even some kind of an addiction or pleasure that you remember, some kind of enticement that brought you some kind of comfort before you gave your heart to Jesus. You don't want to really go back, but it's something that you're just in such a bad way, you're wanting something to make you feel better. You're in a battle. But you feel like you're losing. So somehow, for some reason, you reach back. Reach back to the thing that God brought you out of. And that reaching back, that longing, is something that the enemy is enticing you with because he is the father of lies. You think it might be back there. When in actuality, it is not. Just the cave of Endor. Trying to throw you off course. You came here because why? Woo! My mother was here and my father was here. My granddaddy was here. We're 100 years old. So my great-granddaddy was here. And I just thought I'd come out. No, I know that's not with everybody, but the fact is that does happen at times. You're here because of a reason you, you're not even sure. God brought you here for a specific reason and a pertinent time at this hour. These, you, you can't be messing with this stuff. Even though it could be familiar, the familiar voices in the back, even in short distance, perhaps, it's darkness. And we don't want to mess with darkness. We can't go back to the darkness in any way, shape, or form because it is poison to our souls. You think you're struggling now? Try reaching back and see what it does to you. I know I'm not saying you're backslidden or any of that kind of stuff. I'm saying if you think for one moment 
that the enemy is not going to put a contract out on you in some way or shape or form because you possess the power and the word of God that sets men and women free, then you better think again. Because it will. It's going to try to. The spirit lingers today in this generation, this Z generation, this millennial generation even. In our country and throughout all of Europe. They're seeking out other spirits, other things, other pleasures, other distractions, rather than the living God who has miraculous things, not just for you, but this time in your life. Look at verse 11. Then the woman asked, whom shall I bring up for you? He says, bring up Samuel. Bring up Samuel. Which must have perked her attention the second time around. Bring up Samuel. Verse 12. When the woman saw Samuel, boom, it happened just like that. When you're going to conjure up some kind of an evil spirit, it's going to take a while. You're going to do some stuff. You're going to hocus pocus, nigger morosis, all this kind of, all whatever you're doing, you're going to bring it up and you're going to use your little, you know, crystals, whatever. It takes them a little time. Evil takes a little while, you know, to come up. And once it up, it really begins to explode. And all of a sudden, she, uh, he says, bring up Samuel. And the woman said, boom, here's Samuel. Ah, something's going on here. Watch. This is a very difficult scripture because some people misunderstand it, or I'm not sure that I totally understand it. It's different rationales for this different theology, but just bear with me. All of a sudden, boom, he's there. She didn't bring him up. She's probably going, oh, wow, Samuel, what are you doing here? And now she gets it. She gets it. When the woman saw Samuel, and that happened so quickly, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You're Saul. Now that I know, you want me to bring up Samuel for you. See, this woman was a deceptive witch. She was a spiritist. On a regular basis, she entered into darkness. Darkness is relative. When you think of the darkness, you just don't think of Darth Vader walking down and some dark figure. Woo! Darkness can be pleasant. It can be enticing. It can be nice. It can be pretty. It can be deceptive. You've got to be in the spirit to tell the difference between the two. There are demonic forces in this world, and they are at play, young men and women. And they're here to destroy the very purposes of God in this country and the world. And you gotta, you got to hear this, each and every one of you, because you're the messengers of the answer to that counters the darkness in this hour. Just look at someone. Turn around and go, you got it. Come on, you got it. Tell them you got it. You got the Spirit of God. You've got the Spirit of God on you. We don't sell no darkness here. We sell Jesus. We don't sell any deception. We sell the power of God through the blood of the cross. And that's the thing that is going to set you free and them free. We are at a battle. Not just Saul. We got some tough times going, but we are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. You didn't come here to Elam just by chance. You came here by divine appointment. And if there's others that may be coming here, wow, 
it's going to be powerful. Verse 13 and 14. And the king said to her, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Just, just tell me what you see. All right, so I'm Saul. Don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about nothing. You won't get in trouble. Just tell me who you see. What, is, what does he look like? What does he look like? And the woman says to him, he's a ghostly figure coming out of the earth. Saul says, what does he look like? I need a confirmation. <laughs> I need a confirmation. What does it look like? He says he's an old man wearing a robe. It's a mantle. It's like a prayer shawl. He's coming up, she said. And then Samuel said, I know it's sinner. Saul said, I know it's sinner. Now he is in BT. He's got some big trouble going on now. You see, because here's what's happening. This is what's going on. You see, the witch was trying to conjure up a spirit from the darkness, and God hijacked the whole seance. He was going to have none of it. Because God had a word to deliver. And he brought up Samuel to be able to rebuke Saul and to prophesy his own fate and the fate of the, the, the army of Israel. Philistines. God saying, nothing is going to keep me from delivering my word. I will hijack a seance or anything. I will pierce the principalities of darkness to bring out my word in whomever I choose to. Think God's going to, I can't touch that because it's dark. I'm holy. I'm not going to touch it. It's dark and I'm frightened. God ain't frightening us nothing. Nothing. I'll do what I want to do, and I'll choose who I want to choose, and I'll use who I want to use to deliver the word of truth, and if Saul's looking at darkness, then darkness he will get. If we look in darkness, even though it's not so overt, then it's darkness that we will get to. This world is looking for blessing, really. I want to be blessed. I want to be fine. Everything goes well. I just want to live a life. I want to be able to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, the way I want to do it, because isn't life really good? It's all about me. That's not unusual for any generation, but, but it is. But, but, but they look at it in a very selfish way you know, through the darkness of the world. And so if that's the way they want to look at it, then darkness they're going to get. Only light dispels darkness. Darkness doesn't dispel light, science. So I want you to go with me. Let's go on a trip. Go with me if you would. Let's go to the valley of Jezreel. Jezreel. So we're in the valley of Jezreel. And the enemy, don't, pardon me, the, the enemy has the high ground and, and Israel has the low ground. And there's a mountain there called Kelboa. And the Philistines are now in this mountain. And they have cornered Saul's boys. And Jonathan was one of them. They're all cornered. They cannot escape. God isn't letting them go. So now, they're in, they're in real trouble. They don't, they don't know what to do. They don't have the high ground. You don't have the high ground, you're in, you're in BT. The army of Israel is backed in a corner. They are surrounded and there is no escape for them. There's a tall, handsome guy. Now it's kind of inquiring of a witch. There's a tall, handsome guy who's their king. He's filled now with fear for the first time. He wasn't really fearful before, but now he's fearful. Things aren't happening the way I think they should, so he's, in, he's, he's encountering something that he doesn't even know is about to destroy him. 
And from the distance on the mountain, they've got the torches there from Philistine to Philistines, and they're mocking Israel. And Paul in the moonlight, Saul in the moonlight, rather, can see those torches. And he sees all of them up around the mountain who can come down on them and destroy them. The battle isn't going on. They're mocking Israel, and they're, and they're knocking them, and they're cursing them. And they've got to watch and listen to that all night long. Saul is tormented, and he's fearful. He's knowing that God has departed from him and hears him no more. That's a bad thing. When God hears you no more. I can, I can do what I want to do. God, I love you. You're, you're my Jesus. I love you so much. But I'm doing this little thing, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not asking to necessarily condone it, but I'm trying to look for an answer here somehow, and, 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 and maybe I'll skirt this thing. God will not condone it. Or not condone it. I didn't mean to be so forceful there. The fact is, the fact is, he's totally fearful here, knowing that God doesn't hear him anymore. And sometimes we pray prayers and God just backs up, you know. I love you and all that stuff, but you got to hit the brick wall. God, don't let me hit the brick wall. I don't want to hit the brick wall. Just, I think you're in the, I'm not in this. You know he's not in it, but somehow you're being enticed to that. So he connects with the witch, and at that moment, he connects with the witch. He connects with the prince of darkness. No, not Ozzy Osbourne. The real prince of darkness. The prince of darkness. Don't go back there, young men and women. Don't go back there. Don't go back to the cave in Endor. There's nothing there for you anymore. Your spirit and your soul left that place. God has good things for you. It's very much what this world is doing today with the fear and selfishness and self-indulgence. They blindly go after darkness rather than light. Don't compromise with them. God is the one who is the bearer of light. Here's something that's very important for you. Saul knew God's spirit. He knew God's spirit. He knew God's anointing on him because of the anointing, which is indicative in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. He was, oil was poured over his head by Samuel, arguably the greatest prophet in all of the Old Testament. And um, he, his life was affected as a result of that. Many in this generation, I believe, were exposed to and affected, even affected by, it could be their parents, it could be uh, a God in their, in their grandparents, it could be something that they heard, it could be something in the church teaching, it could be something in ministry or television. There has been an affecting, they have heard about the gospel and some of them have left that faith, if they had a faith at all at the time. Seeking darkness, somehow thinking that it's light. you got to be in the spirit here, listen. They become blinded by a demonic spirit. And I'll use that term demonic. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There are demonic spirits in this world of witchcraft destroying and trying to do all they can to destroy not only this nation but the world and any Christian culture that there, there is in. I don't need guns. I don't need violence. I don't need to have my voice known. Even though we live in a, praise God, we live in a country where we can do that. I need the power of God through the person of Jesus Christ and the anointing of the Holy Spirit 
to bring his word that pierces the heart of men and shatters the heart of men. That changes a culture. Look, their answer is not found in the dead of darkness. None of them are. It's found in the living word of God. That's why you are here. Lydia, that's why you're here. That's why all of you are here. Because God put you here for this hour. I'm just going to go out and praise God and get a job, go to church, maybe do some worship and maybe do some, you know, te- do some teaching of the Bible and, and maybe you know, minister to some kids and do some other things like that. And, you know, it's going to be great. I'll, I'll get married and I'll have three kids, 3.4 kids and a little dog and a little house and two garages. And I'll, I'll, just, you know, I'll just praise God and love the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all. But you didn't come to Elam to just twiddle your thumbs. Many of you came here to Elam to be life changers in this country, all over the world. It's been happening for a hundred years. You know who you are, and some of you don't know who you are. You're where, where does God's will in my life? You stay tuned, buckle up. God's got something for you. Point one doesn't mean I'm at the beginning of the message. It means I'm getting to the end. Point one, you see, Saul wanted the plans of God, but he didn't want God. There's a difference, brothers and sisters. There's a difference. He wanted the plans of God, the blessings of God, but he didn't want God. Just like today, I want the blessings, but I don't, not the constraints that God puts on me. Puts me in a box. And I don't want to stay in a box. I, I want to be able to you know, move and, 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 and do some of the things I feel I need to do. He didn't learn from Samuel that obedience, obedience is better than sacrifice. Or Deuteronomy chapter 28. When it says that obedience, obedience actually will bring you blessing, if you read that chapter. It's going to bring you blessing. It's going to bless you in the city. It's going to bless you in your field. It's going to bless you in your country, it says. It's going to bless you with your flocks. It's going to bless you in defeat over your enemies. There's blessings, blessings in obedience with God. The fact is, when God moves in, Satan moves out. And when I give in to other spirits, Satan moves in and God pauses. He's not going to fight it. He's going to say, I love you. Let's see what you do. Why are you going into the cave in India? There's nothing but darkness. That's what you came out for. This generation needs to hear the life-giving message of the gospel of Jesus who has to pull them out of that cave of Endor from hearing the darkness and lying voices Hearing the voice of God that says one thing, one thing in John 14. To hear this voice above any other voice. When God says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. That's the sacrifice that your Christ and King made for you. Well, everyone can go, I know that's why I can't imagine that person would, you know, go to the bad place. And I don't think that, you know, God's kind of loving and he'll do, he'll do all that. God knows their heart and, and I don't know who's going to heaven and hell either. I, I could never do that. What do you think this brother's going to hell? I can't say that. I'm not God. I am not God. I know, but there's only one name under heaven by which men must be saved. Only one. And that name sets the captives free. You've come in with troubles. I came in with troubles. We've all come in with troubles. You got troubles. I got troubles. All God's children got troubles. We all got troubles. And you're going to have some troubles because you're human and you have a human condition. 
All of us have had some very difficult things to some degree happen to us. Not all of us, but some, a lot. He's the only way. My wife shared Jesus with me back in 1970 when I was in the Air Force. It changed my life forever. I mean, I wanted everything to happen to me right then, but it didn't happen to me in an immediate moment. But it changed my life forever. It didn't eliminate difficult times. This is the only message that dispels the darkness in any of us. And God can hijack anything at any time to prove his power and his redemption in the hearts of men and women. Listen, the devil does not ultimately have power. Oh, he's powerful, but he's not all-powerful. David, tell me who's all-powerful. Who? Huh? Woo-hoo! Yeah. He's powerful. He's ultimately powerful. He's God, and he's in you. Whoo! Now, that's a rush. I'm telling you. Listen, if God can split a sea and somehow God can bring water out of a rock and God can feed a bunch of people out of the sky with manna and somehow God has a pillar of fire by day and a pillar of fire by night and he raises the dead and heals the sick, that there's power then in that name of Jesus. If he can conquer the grave, then there's not anything he cannot do, any place, there is not any situation he cannot meet through anyone in any generation. This is your God. This is your Christ. There's no curse that he can't break in them or in you. Oh, I ain't, I, I, I ain't got no curse. I'm, I'm just saying darkness will try to hit all of us. What do you, when, you, when, when, he, when the enemy tries to hit you, what do you just go? No problem. I'm all of that. How many have ever, how many have been smacked by the enemy in the last five days? in the last two weeks, in the last month, in the last year. I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) He's not going to let up on you. You're going to have a, a, you know, you're going to get your eye knocked, your your jaw hit a little bit, but you keep on pressing on because you serve the one who is able to do exceedingly abundant beyond all that you ask. God, through Christ, has given us the power to be able to overcome. John, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says this. It says, you're dear children. You're from God. Listen, you're from God. And you've overcome. You, you've defeated them. Why? Because greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Just go like this to someone and go, he's bigger, he's greater. He's bigger, he's greater. Go ahead. Humor me. This is like Sesame Street, isn't it? (laughs) He's bigger. He's greater. He's greater than the power in the cave at Endor. And anything the enemy in darkness tries to bring up. I don't care what has negatively gone on in your life, whatever was said, and things were said to me as a child, maybe things were said to you. Doesn't make any difference what you've gone through. The fact is, you have no curse on you. The fact is, The darkness is destroyed by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. And that's something you need to take into consideration. Oh, you got all the courses and you got all the, you know, the theologies and you got all the 
after Jesus in the scriptures in general. I mean, that's wonderful. You need that. Praise God we got a Bible college out there. But it's like when I went to college, uh, you know, when I got out there, it wasn't that I was like, okay, you know, I got to go look at the rule book and see what, what, what fits here. You always look at the Word of God and you always read it because it is our guide. But when you get out there, you're going to find is that you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit who's going to lead you in the Word and through the things that He wants you to do. You've got things to accomplish, young men and women. I envy you. I applaud you. You are the answer that God has in your very being for the things that all of the politicians and all of the people somehow think they have the answer to. They don't have the answer. If they did, we'd be living in a utopia. God has the answer. And the answer is setting the captive heart of men and women free. Be able to think rightly. God wants to hijack this darkness. Martin Luther King has a tremendous statement, <coughs> one of the most powerful statements <coughs> I have in all my life. I'm just going to quote one part of it. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Dr. King was talking about the, the blindness and the evil and the sin of racism. You see, the fact is, it's darkness in any form. And that's the aspect that we need to grab hold of. Because light shines in darkness, it penetrates through, and it says darkness can never extinguish the light. So, here's the thing. I'm bringing this here to a halt. How many are ready for a visitation from God? How many are ready for God to move? Come on. I'm going to say it again. How many are ready for a visitation from God? And how many are ready for a massive revival from God? How many are ready to be used in that revival? Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Lydia. Isn't she powerful? Sometimes I can't see you behind that guitar, but I know you're there. You're I can see you strumming that thing. Holy Ghost is on you. I said, oh, oh, Lydia's playing that thing. She got the anointing coming on her. How many are ready for the overcoming power of God in both this generation? Look, it's a problem with the millennials. I'm not going to confess that I'm a millennial. I'm old. Okay. Millennial, the Xers, the 40-somethingers, you know, the, the, not, not the millennials, yeah, the Xers, and then there's the millennials. They've taken a bum rap in a lot of areas. Some deserved <laughs> and some not. You, you, you sit, oh, I'll tell you what, you sit Jesus on them and all of a sudden things happen. And then the Zs, you 19, 18, 19, 20, 20. You know what they're saying? You know what they're saying sociologically? Because there's been, you know, the millennials, I'm just not going to get into it. But the fact is, they're saying, the Z's like me. You guys, you guys got something going on. I think there's some kind of a special anointing on you. I can feel it. Something's going to go on with the Z's. Yeah. Last scripture, Romans chapter 10. How can they call to him and, and be saved unless somehow they believe in him? And then it goes on to say, and how can they believe in him if they've never even heard about him? And they can, how can they hear about him if someone doesn't tell them? 
COVID is going to be gone soon. We're going to get back into New York City. We're going to go into Spain. We're going to go into England. We're going to places where the preachable, the, uh, the, the practicum is going to be with a lot of you, and you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to be up against darkness, and darkness is going to try to succumb you. But I'm telling you, greater is he that's within you and wants to start a visitation and a revival than the darkness in the cave of Endor. Here's what I want. I want you to stand. I want you to stand, and I want you to look at somebody in just a second. I want you to look at them, and I'll look if you, right in their pupils of their eye. And I want you to say to them, you're commissioned by God to deliver the answer. Go ahead and say it. You're commissioned by God to deliver the answer. <laughs> you're commissioned by God to deliver the answer. How many are ready to be bearers of that very commission? Amen? Huh? Let's do it. Who right now is filled with the Holy Spirit and really has a prayer in them? Has a powerful prayer. Come on, somebody. Come on up here, brother. I got nothing for you. Uh, yeah, go ahead and grab that. Pray it like you mean it, all right? Pray it like you mean it. Father, we thank you so much for your power within us. We thank you, God, that you are for us and not against us. We thank you that heaven is on our side. Lord, we... We just, we just recognize and we just soak in the fact that the God of heaven, the God of the universe is with us. Praise God. He is with us. And we say this we, over and over and over again. But I, I think it's going to sink in for us today. Mm -hmm. the, the God of heaven is on our side. our side. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? God, if you are for us, then who can be against us? Yes, amen. I, I want us to be redundant on y'all, but if God is for us, then who can be against us? Yes, amen. I want us to believe that. I want us to declare us. Let's say it together. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Nobody can. If he did not spare his own son, how will he not graciously give us all things? He is with us. God, we thank you. We praise you. And we are full of conviction that there is no one like you. Not a one. We thank you in Jesus' name. Yes, amen, amen brother. Boom, 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 boom.